Welcome to the Museum of Femininity, a podcast where I, Charlotte Appleyard, discuss random topics of interest that relate to social history, art and material culture through a female lens. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another painting analysis. In today's episode, I will be looking at the painting Self-Portrait with a Nude, painted in 1913 by Laura Knight. In this painting, we see the artist working in her studio in the process of completing a painting of a nude, which stands on a large canvas to the left. Laura Knight has depicted herself in profile, wearing a black hat and a knitted red cardigan. In her right hand, she holds a paintbrush and her left hand is bent and concealed, but we can certainly assume it is grasping a paint palette. The model is prominent and takes up half of the image. Standing on a risen platform with her back turned and her arms folded above her head and covering part of her dark hair that is tied up. Her skin is very pale and stark against an orangey red screen and her pose is contraposto with one leg in front of the other and her posture a little slanted. Laura Knight does not appear to be looking directly at her model, but more to the side as if glancing at someone who's just walked in the room. The style of the painting is highly accomplished and realistic, but there is a looseness to the brushwork as seen in the visibility of the strokes in the red screen, which is mixed with some streaks of white, and in the mottled, almost pointillist technique on her cardigan, giving it a textured appearance. From a contemporary point of view, there is of course nothing offensive or controversial about this portrait. However, at the time, people found it deeply shocking. Before we explore why the sight of a woman painting a nude caused so many to blush, I just want to provide a bit of detail about examples of self-portraiture in art history. Artists have often painted themselves standing at a canvas and working, like Joshua Reynolds in 1747, where we see him as a young man shading his face as he gazes out in intense concentration at an illuminating landscape that bathes his features in golden light. There are other examples as well. Velasquez inserting himself with confidence into his 1656 masterpiece Las Meninas, or the stoic formality of the Dutch old master Rembrandt's many self-portraits with his paintbrush and easel on full display. We see similar compositions in more modern examples as well, with the likes of Vincent van Gogh standing in front of his canvas and gazing out at the viewer with a stern expression. The tradition is also echoed in the work of female artists. African-American artist Louise Maylee Jones, who I have covered in a past episode, painted herself in this pose in 1940, with her studio on display in the background, where you can see African bronze sculptures on display and a piece of work that reflects a fragmented style of cubism, telling us through visual symbolism that she is an artist of great versatility, 
whose work is influenced and impacted by her African heritage. Other female painters in history also depict themselves at work, but often you can see what they are painting, which is something I have not recognised as much in their male counterparts. For example, in, Ju in Judith Lester's 1630 self-portrait, we see her laughing at the viewer in a casual pose as she pivots slightly, displaying her painting of a jolly man playing a violin. In Sophonisba Angasola's self-portrait from 1556, we see her painting a devotional panel as well, depicting the piety of the era. In addition, there are examples from Baroque master Artemisia Gentileschi painting herself in dynamic motion as the personification of art, or other female artists reflecting their respectability and status, sometimes with pupils reverently gathering around them. What can this brief explanation tell us about the tradition of self-portraits? Perhaps that it was about identity and conveying a clear message about your abilities and motivations as an artist, as well as the type of art you created, the types of people you worked for, and providing a glimpse into the process of painting. I think quite possibly a self-portrait may have uncovered the enigmatic lives of artists by unveiling what they really looked like, which must have been interesting for viewers, especially women artists. Let's explore where Laura Knight's portrait sits within this narrative. Laura Knight painted her self-portrait in a time of photography and burgeoning modernism. It was also in the heat of the women's suffrage movement. In fact, that year saw the infamous incident of Emily Davison dying after stepping out in front of the King's Horse at the Epsom Derby. That very year, the Liberal government also passed the Cat and Mouse Act, allowing them to release and re-arrest suffragettes who went on hunger strike in prison. In addition, just one year later, suffragette Mary Richardson would attack the painting of the sensual nude Venus by Velasquez with a butcher knife, saying she did not like the way men gawped at her as if she was a piece of meat in the National Gallery. It was an interesting time indeed, on the cusp of certain women finally obtaining the vote and the First World War, where women from all walks of life would be given the opportunity to work and gain independence away from the role of wives and mothers. Until then, however, Edwardian England was still rather restrictive for women. This is perhaps reflected in the outrage and violence of the women's suffrage movement exhibited during this part of the decade. Generally, women seem to be more deconditioned and eager to fight for equality and actually aspire to be more than wives and mothers. However, the reality of this would not come for some time and women were still, for the most part, homemakers or society ladies or if they were from a lower class background, might work somewhere like a factory or in service. One change that did come and develop more in the early part of the 20th century was more variety in leisure activities as women became more active with the cycling craze and perhaps this may have resulted in the loosening of garment restrictions and the increased mobility women had. So I think it's important to just outline what it was like at that time 
as it can help contextualise this painting a little bit more. And now I will tell you a little bit about Laura Knight herself. So Laura Knight was born in 1877 and was an English artist, of course, who worked in a variety of mediums, including oils, watercolours, etchings and engravings. She favoured realistic figurative subjects and embraced English Impressionism. She became a member of the Newland School, which was an artist's colony based in South Cornwall, and she moved there in 1903. Here she developed a more impressionistic style. In her career, she saw huge success as reflected in her various accolades, including being made a Dame in 1929, and in 1936, she became the first woman elected to full membership of the Royal Academy. This fact is quite astonishing and shows us how dismissed so many incredible female artists were. Another milestone for female artists also came when Laura Knight became the first woman to have her own retrospective exhibition at the Royal Academy in 1965. And she was also still alive, so I think that's kind of interesting and worth highlighting uh, that this was not something that took place decades after she had passed away. She was known for painting theatre and ballet subjects and for also capturing scenes from the Second World War. In addition, she often focused on marginalised communities like um, members of the gypsy community and also circus performers. I think these images in particular, I haven't looked too much into this, but from what I can see, they are very colourful and beautiful paintings, but perhaps they are a little sentimental and idealistic. I don't know exactly, but that is the impression I got from them but really aesthetically pleasing. She was a, a very gifted painter. Knight's portrait with a nude was created using mirrors. So she was really painting herself and the nude model in real time. There is something defiant about the fact she did not construct the painting through preliminary sketches. And for me, it truly illustrates the point she is making about how women should be able to use live models. And we will talk a bit about this and how this fact is sort of at the heart of the controversy surrounding this self-portrait. The model was also a friend of hers and an artist herself called Ella Naper. So just wanted to throw that out there. It's important to name the models wherever possible. It is a definite statement challenging the rules that surrounded what female artists were allowed to paint. Knight and all other female artists attending schools were not allowed to directly paint nude models as this would have been seen as inappropriate for respectable young ladies. Instead, they were restricted to copying casts and existing drawings instead of the real thing, which does not give much freedom, I suppose, for artistic interpretation and expression. 
Laura Knight resented this tradition and indeed her portrait is a clear sign of that. She wanted everyone to see that she was not going to follow the rules and as I said she really drove that point home by painting with mirrors because looking at that you know that that is exactly what she was painting in real time. I find that very interesting. I'm not sure I'm quite expressing um, what I mean by that but hopefully you understand um, the point I'm trying to make. So what's the history of this painting? Um, where was it displayed? It was first shown in 1913 at the Passmore Edwards Art Gallery in Newland and was positively received by the press and her fellow artists in that community. However, the Royal Academy rejected it when Knight submitted it to the summer exhibition because, for that reason I said earlier, it was seen as vulgar, inappropriate to, um, to, to show a woman painting a woman. However, it was shown at the International Society of Sculptures and Painters and Gravers in London under the name The Model. A Daily Telegraph critic called the painting vulgar and also said might quite appropriately have stayed in the artist's studio, which is quite cutthroat. Um, unperturbed, however, Knight continued to exhibit throughout her career, including this painting within her exhibitions, and did not let the continued criticism affect that decision. Following Knight's death, the picture was purchased by the National Portrait Gallery and is now considered to be an important work of art and a symbol of wider female emancipation. Within the narrative of self-portraiture, I think this work feels quite unique as it is a commentary on a wider issue surrounding gender equality in art and dispels the myth of the meek, modest woman who can barely look at a nude figure without fainting. Once more, Knight focuses mostly on the subject and drawing out the themes, as opposed to depicting herself in a formal manner that highlights her talent and identity as an artist alone, in a way that I think can be slightly self-serving and self-aggrandising. In a way, this is more of a genre painting, than a portrait as she is showing herself in action and even being distracted by someone wandering into the room rather than staring out at the viewer in this piercing and brooding manner as you often see in artists self-portraits. It's more of a snapshot I suppose of her daily life. Kind of normalising you know a woman painting a nude figure. It's just it's sort of casual and it's not that flashy really, it's, it feels quite grounded in reality, which I think adds to its power. Furthermore, by challenging the status quo, Laura Knight has further lifted the veil off of the double standards and sexism prevalent in the art world in the Edwardian era, which illuminates such attitudes for us contemporary audiences looking back at the past and reflecting on how different things used to be and how in many ways we have progressed, although there is always more work to be done. 
So I hope you have enjoyed this mini painting analysis. This portrait is still on display at the National Portrait Gallery in London. It's beautiful, you should definitely go and see it if you're there. And I will also be posting um, images of it on Instagram. And you can follow me there at the Museum of Femininity. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and come back for another episode in a few weeks time. So until then, goodbye.